By most accounts, Trinity Sunday is the most difficult Sunday in which to preach. There is a sort of a joke among priests that that every preacher becomes a heretic on Trinity Sunday. And it's because it is so difficult to explain theologically our doctrine of the Trinity. It's such a difficult concept for our human brains to, to grasp this idea that, that we are monotheists, un, uh, unwaveringly monotheists, that we believe in one God, and yet we believe that the one is also three, one God in three persons. And I myself have found, uh, found it difficult to, after studying theology for three years and putting together the first draft of my, of my final thesis to get my Master of Divinity, I was working with my, with my counselor, with my, uh, my advisor, my academic advisor, who was a Jesuit priest. And we were going through the draft of my the draft of my, uh, my thesis. And there was one small verb that I used in, in my explanation of the Trinity. I don't even remember what the verb was, but there was one verb and, and my, my, uh, my uh, academic advisor, he said, you see this verb here? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, that's heresy. I said, oh, okay. And so we made a slight shift in the verb and then it was okay. The saints wisely then turn to metaphor to explain the Trinity. And that's where we get a, better, a more sh- sure footing. Uh, we all know that uh, St. Patrick loved the metaphor of the shamrock, the, 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 the three leaves of the shamrock being the three persons of the Trinity and the stem, the one stem being the one God. More ancient than that is a, a metaphor of the sun, the sun in the universe as God the Father and then the rays of the sun being Jesus Christ, and us feeling the warmth of the sun being the experience of the Holy Spirit. That's a wonderful metaphor. I think maybe St. Ignatius' favorite metaphor, it wasn't his own, it was a popular metaphor of the day, but that of uh, three notes of a piano that you make push down three keys of a piano uh, three notes and, and they make one chord. And so it's three distinct notes and yet they make one sound that we call a musical chord. That too is a wonderful image, a wonderful metaphor. And yet the purpose of religion is not to play these little mind games, not to go into intellectual understanding alone. That's part of the purpose. But the real purpose of religion is to help us to have an experience of God. And so any metaphor, or any explanation that doesn't help us to have an experience of God still doesn't fulfill the purpose of religion. We need to experience God if we're going to fulfill our, our mission as a church. Imagine this the scenario for just a moment. Imagine that there was a scientist who had never tasted milk. Never tasted milk. But he was a good scientist and he put milk under a microscope and he did all of these tests to milk and then wrote several very accurate descriptions of milk. The qualities of milk, the accidents of milk, the characteristics of milk several uh, paragraphs explaining milk well, you could say that this scientist knows milk. But now imagine a child 
in her mother's arms, tasting milk, warm milk. This child cannot express what she's experiencing, cannot describe the milk, but this child knows milk. This child actually, in a way, knows milk better than the scientist. Religion is intended for us to know milk that way, to know God that way, to understand God experientially. And so let me take another attempt at the Trinity with that in mind. All theology is a feeble attempt to express in words what we are experiencing in our hearts. Like the person who falls madly in love with someone and then can't help but write these corny love songs. Like that, we the church, we fall in love with God and we can't help ourselves. We try a thousand different ways to express the love that we are experiencing in our heart for God. And so in my imagination, and it is my imagination, you won't see this in a history book, in my imagination, I imagine a group of early Christians sitting in a room, maybe in a church or a chapel, sitting in a room, and and someone says, what is your experience of God? How do you experience God? And there's a long pause. And then one person speaks up, says, you know, when I think of God, I think of my childhood. I think of how well I was raised as a child and how much I was encircled in love, enveloped in love as a small child. That even as a small child, long before I can express it, I knew that there was a circle of love all around me. And I knew that this circle of love provided for me everything that I would need and also protected me. Even if I couldn't express it as a small child, I knew that this was the safest place on earth this circle of love that we call family. And even though I couldn't express it as a small child, I knew that this circle of love that we call family would do anything and make any sacrifice, any sacrifice, not only that I would survive, but that I would thrive. And even as a small child, before I could make any expression of it, I also knew that in addition to all of the stuff that I'm provided with, that there was a spirit. There was a spirit in this circle. That this spirit of love permeated my body, my mind, my soul. And so when I think of my own experience of God, I think about my childhood. I think about that circle of love that surrounded me and protected me and provided for me and sacrificed everything for me and imbued me with the Spirit. And everyone in the room says, yes, that is God. And we have the Trinity. We have the Trinity. I was able to see this for myself a few weeks ago. I went to a friend's house who's about my age. He has three children and two teenage daughters and a two-year-old boy named Colin. And Colin is, is uh, a, a two-year-old, and so he's a bit of a holy terror, running around, grabbing things, throwing things around, tossing things on the floor, uh, happy as can be. And in this house where we spent time together, if we were a universe, then little Colin was the sole son in the middle of the universe. All eyes were on him. 
And, and Colin could go nowhere. Colin could not turn to his right or his left without seeing a smiling face, a loving face. He was encircled in love. And being a good family, of course, the electrical outlets were covered and and there were no metal forks around. But let's imagine a crazy scene where Colin would have grabbed a metal fork and headed towards an outlet. He wouldn't have had a chance. There would have been arms sweeping up Colin in love before he even knew that there was any danger. When the church sets forth the document of the Trinity, the church is trying to tell you that God loves you that way, that you are encircled in love, that you are enveloped in love, and that this love not only protects you and provides for you, but sacrifices all for you and imbues you with that spirit. We hope in a homily to inspire you to go and do something every Sunday. Go and act out your Christianity. But I think on Holy Trinity Sunday, we don't really have to do anything except relish. Except relish the love that is around us. The enveloping love of the Holy Trinity. We take in that love the way a child would take in milk. And then we will know God. We will know God, the Trinity.